The Bucks lost in Philly, but all the talking point came from the post game with Giannis, Montrez Harrell, a some arena worker, and a ladder. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Then we're going to talk about the return of Pat Connaughton and perhaps how the Bucks handle these injuries, at least publicly, in a more broader sense. It's certainly been a big topic with the fans. And then we'll look ahead to the Bucks and the Blazers. Milwaukee looking to get back on the winners list. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. My name is Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find some stuff over at ESPN. And uh, look at this face next to me here. It's been over a week. Almost forgot what he looked like from the Bucks Radio Network. Justin Garcia, you can hear him uh, every home game. Well, actually, every game. He still does, does the pregame on road games, but in arena uh, for the home game. So it's always good to have Justin here. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. And there was some stuff that happened on the weekend. And if you subscribe, wherever you subscribe, but particularly on YouTube, we've spoken, we don't know what's going on with social media anymore, Justin, but YouTube looks solid. And there's a community over there on YouTube. You can jump in, you can comment. There's polls. There's all sorts of different things. I posted the YouTube shorts on the ladder situation from the weekend and people were getting involved. So if you subscribe on YouTube, we're kind of migrating over there uh, to YouTube for a lot of our conversations from the podcast. So it's a bit of fun. So make sure you do that. We appreciate your support. So let's not bury the lead. We'll get to Pat Connaughton's return. We'll get to the other Bucks injuries. We'll talk about Bucks and Blazers later on in this podcast. But let's talk about what happened post-game. So the Bucks lose to the Sixers. I predicted it was going to be extremely low scoring. I was kind of wrong. 110 to 102. The Sixers win this game. The Bucks in the second half battled offensively while we're on the point of struggling to score. Giannis didn't have his best night. He was four for 15. And if anyone's missed it, the videos kind of bit by bit came out on social media. Giannis was trying to shoot free throws. An arena worker had a ladder in front of him. Giannis shoved the ladder out of the way. It toppled over. Later on, we find out that Montrezl Harrell has taken balls away from Giannis and going down the other end of the court. There's confrontation with Montrezl Harrell and Thanasis at center court. That's why we love Thanasis. People say, why why is he around? He's not playing a lot. That's why. He's like the bodyguard brother of Giannis, and and we absolutely love it. I'll throw to you first. What's your thoughts on this whole scenario? Um, Much ado about nothing. So I think... um, technicality if we go by that Giannis was in the wrong now it's so as we've started to learn uh the Sixers were have their alternate floor for their city edition jerseys and they were playing with the city edition jerseys so they had to swap out the floor I've seen this happen at Pfizer Forum countless times where you basically start on it immediately because it's your part-time arena staff that's there into the wee hours of the morning doing it so they don't want to just hang around 
waiting to get started on this and, and end up being there until, you know, like five in the morning doing this. So that was the reason for the, the whole ladder going in front of it. They had to get the camera down and everything else. I do think Montrez Harrell, it was more gamesmanship of, I mean, Montrez Harrell, I would assume is not out there working on his game most of the time after game. So it was probably just a, oh, let's go stop this guy from shooting and try and, you know, get in his head a little bit more and I'll be the guy that does that. So, um, you know, if, if this was in Pfizer Forum, we'd be saying the same thing. If Bobby Portis was like, hey, I'm I'm trying to get some shots up here or if Thanasis in this case was doing it and one of the opposing players was out there shooting. So Giannis was technically in the wrong here. I think it was more gamesmanship by Montrez Harrell. But, I mean, it's ultimately a non-story. It was frustration from Giannis to knock over the ladder. And, you know, 10 years going close to that in the league for Giannis, this is the only somewhat negative thing that we have to speak about with him and in his name. I'll take that. If the only Giannis questionable move so far in his career is he knocked over a ladder out of frustration because he couldn't get free throws up, fine. So I also don't, I, I mean, to me, and maybe this is my uh, read on it that maybe is wrong, but I also don't think he meant to knock the ladder over. He just tried to shove it out of the way and then it toppled yeah, over. Yeah, he tried to shove it out of the way and he was frustrated. He didn't try to just shove the ladder to the floor. No, exactly right. So that's the first thing. Uh, and what I would say is if you listen to what everyone said and Giannis said, well, I, t- I explained that I only had a couple of free throws to go, then to me, just use a little bit of common sense because Montrez Harrell, as you said, if he's just trying to insert himself in some kind of story, like just don't be an asshole. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, like people can go through and say, well, he, he was you're trying to you're, get in his head or he's trying to you know, cause a confrontation, whatever it may be. Just don't be an asshole. Like I, I, but this is for everyone, like not, not just in this certain situation. Like it's a pretty easy policy. If you really want to go out there, I mean, why are you doing that for? You've already played. If anything, I, I just thought it was just pointless. And the only, the only thing that Montrose Howard was doing was fishing for trouble. And I just don't really understand. I saw Richard Jefferson come out and say that, yeah, it's the home arena. Montrose Harrell can do whatever he needs to do. Uh, you know, he's got every right to go and do that. I don't know, man. I've been in arenas like you and you see opposition players are out there. You see home players are out there getting up shots. I think it's a pretty normal and respectful thing to just not be an asshole. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is my surprise face that Richard Jefferson is coming out and, and taking support against or for whoever it is against the Bucks. Um, But yeah, it, it was, look, it's more often than not, you see the home players out there and not visiting because visiting players are usually getting in the locker room, showering, get, yeah. get on the plane and get out. Uh, so fine, we'll take a loss on this one. But it, it's the amount of ladder talk I heard the last 48 hours was just absurd where it's, guys, this is not a story at all. And here's the thing, too. Like, doesn't it seem it's cemented? We've been talking about this for years, and it's always a, a, evaded us here. But does it not seem like it's a foregone conclusion? The Bucks and Sixers are going to meet in the playoffs this year. That you got Giannis versus Embiid is long overdue for a playoff series. The James Harden Giannis connection is there. PJ Tucker, and now this. It just seems like this is basically the final straw. That it is definitely going to happen, probably in the second round. Bucks and Sixers in the playoffs. Maybe, although we've thought that for a while. But if the Bucks do play the Sixers, we probably won't have to worry about the Montrez Harrell Giannis matchup because he probably won't be on the floor because he played four minutes in this game. Anyway, I don't, I, I don't know that I would go that far with Doc Rivers as a coach, but I, otherwise, <laughs> I see your point. I agree with you. Though overall, this thing was. Uh extremely 
blown up. I thought Giannis explained himself very clearly and uh, very well throughout this. And ultimately, I think that the sentiment for the most part changed and everyone was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's actually kind of fair enough. This is all just a very strange and silly uh, thing. And Harold was getting into it with Tenacious. I don't think it made him look great. I would say that after putting all the information together. Uh, so, you know, Giannis, whatever. I, I just, I don't know. I just can't understand if you're a worker, even if you had things to do and he's like, I've got three free throws to get up that you would twice slide the ladder. I just could never imagine doing that to someone like Giannis. It's just very bizarre to me. But do you have any thoughts on the theory that this is uh, going to spark some sort of revenge uh, from Giannis on the sixes because there was some Bucks fans that I think were trying to talk themselves into yeah, the positivity of this and they've like never woken the beast. I saw that. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's not that. I don't Giannis, think he needs it. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't need that added motivation. And, um, you know, I think it's it's frustration overall was was what we saw boil over because Giannis has, here's the thing where it's again, where we have a tendency to take him for granted he's been okay this season and early on he had some pretty big games, but I think he would be the first to tell you as well. I mean, he did say this early in the season that he's not playing up to his standard right now. And when you look at his numbers, they're near identical to what he had last year in terms of his points per game and all of the averages that he has. I mean, on paper, he's still one of the statistically five best players in the league. And for everybody that's watched him every game this season, you're, you come away thinking, man, he's, he's looked okay, but there's a lot of room for improvement here. And I think there was frustration from that. But to me, Friday night was kind of the boiling point of, I mean, it's early in the season, but it was a bad loss. And it was easily their their worst loss of the season because of how they looked in the final uh, 24 minutes. But uh, to me, that was kind of the boiling point of he just needs some help, that he looked exhausted in that game in the second half. I mean, how many times did we see him in the third and fourth quarter where he had his hands on his knees and he was clearly looking for air and fatigued. And when you look at everything here, the usage rate is at an all time high. You look at some of the guys that have been around him, especially the last two weeks. And this is, uh, this is not Kevin Durant esque a knock on his teammates, but he just needs some of these guys to start to come back like Chris and, and playing two week and a half without drew and Chris and Pat Connaughton and still not seeing Joe Ingles help this team offensively and defensively a stretch without Grayson Allen. Like it's really started to bubble up and you're just asking so much of him that I think we've kind of hit the point where it's all right, let's continue to be cautious with this, but like we also need to get him some help pretty soon because we're putting a lot on his shoulders. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration was coming from on Friday. All right. More on Giannis and some of those, uh, I guess, by his lofty standards struggles, I guess you could call it. Then we'll move into the injury stuff, including the return of Pat Connaughton, which is going to be very exciting for everyone. Uh, but today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. And I got to tell you, I spoke about BetterHelp last week. And, you know, there's, there's not a user manual for life, uh, Justin. And it would be pretty easy if it was. You could navigate yourself through every situation possible. I remember when I was moving to Milwaukee and I quit my job and I was just packed two two suitcases and I was like, well, this is my life now. I don't really have a job, but I'm going to move to Milwaukee and see if I can figure something out. I ended up, I did have to go and uh, see someone just to talk through some general life anxiety. You're 27 years old, which I was at the time. And I'm, I'm doing this thing that I thought I was stupid. I thought I was silly. Here we are. We're still doing this kind of stuff, Justin. And it was the best move I ever did. But the point being, 
as I said, unfortunately, life doesn't come with the user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. And therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which make therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched as a, well, there we go. I'm repeating myself. Three million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it is affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. All right, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well for everything that's going on in the sports world, not necessarily related to NBA, but uh, there's always plenty happening. NFL currently ongoing uh, as we speak. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about that uh, with some of our listeners, but Listen to Locked On Sports today when you're done with the Locked On Bucks podcast. So just on this Giannis stuff. So he was four for 15 from the free throw line. Uh, yeah, I'm getting all sorts of different comments. He needs to do this with his free throw. He needs to do this, needs to do that. It's an endless conversation. He's really struggling at the moment. How much does fatigue play a toll into that? Uh, clearly, interesting environment in Philadelphia, shall we say that. And it did seem to snowball after a few misses earlier in that game not necessarily buying into the routine the quicker routine he's already shooting quicker than what he's done you know a couple of seasons ago he's changed it constantly but he seemed like he was on an up upward trajectory last season and has clearly tailed off uh here this year so hopefully he can turn that around we'll see but just in terms of the shots that he's actually taking he's 72 percent at the rim Still pretty good. A little bit down on his elite level. It was up near 80% only a couple of weeks ago. So that even that has dropped a little bit. But the frequency of shots from the rim to the mid-range to the three-point line, almost identical to where they've been. So he's taking the same types of shots. He's just not making stuff outside the paint, as we've discussed. 25% from the mid-range, 22% from three. And those numbers might be even boosted a little bit after this game with Philly because in the first half, he was knocking down those jump shots. And he took a fair few of them. And we've seen him do that a little bit against Philly in the past. Obviously, there's Embiid down there. Obviously, there's Tucker. It didn't look to me like Tucker had anything to stop him in this matchup from getting to the spots that he wanted to get to. But starting to take some of those jump shots, I was curious. Maybe that is the fatigue factor again. But overall, we discussed it. You mentioned it. Get some of these guys back. I I, I know there are some Bucks fans that are, that are seemingly worried about this. I'm just not. And maybe I'll sit here in two and three weeks and we'll have a deeper conversation about it and maybe my tune will change. But for right now, I just can't bring myself to the point of being worried about Giannis given all the factors that you mentioned and the load that he's had to take on. Because if you look at the other guys that are high usage, Luka Doncic started like an absolute house on fire. The Mavericks aren't necessarily on a tear. It's just really hard to be that high level usage guy in the NBA and have success when you're doing a lot of it yourself. Yeah, I uh, I'm not worried about it either. And um, in terms of the rest of the injuries and the team's health, um, you know, I think it's if you're going to be super cautious with Chris Middleton and say we're not bringing him back on the floor until he's 150 percent back, and and we feel like we're good to go here. 
fine because you know in the interim the Bucks have, have been more than okay. They have the second best record in the East. So if if they were starting like they did last year and they're 500 or just above or below it, then it's a different conversation. Um, but having Brooke Lopez has been the big difference that it allows your defense to be elite. And we've seen the Bucks for the first month of the season saying we're going to win with our defense here. Um, I, I think the only thing is, you know, if Chris is going to be out, let's say, and this is just all throwing a date out there, nothing behind it at all. Let's say he's going to be out until mid-December. There's a decent stretch where you start to think, maybe we should sit Giannis this game too, just because of things like this. When you see the usage rate and everything that Giannis takes on himself. And look, even with Drew Holiday out there, we've seen throughout his time here in Milwaukee, whenever Drew comes back from injury, it usually takes him, or just time off in general, I should say, it usually takes him a little bit of time to get back into the rhythm. I mean, think back to the beginning of the season when, he didn't look great offensively for the first two or three games, and then all of a sudden the shots started to fall. I think we saw that Friday, too, where he comes back for the first time in, what, a week and a half, and the shot wasn't there. That it It's probably going to be the same tomorrow or tonight, whenever you listen to this, that it's going to be a gradual thing. And I think that's the reason why we saw Giannis sit that game against the Spurs a couple of weeks ago was Drew was still unable to go, and Bud probably looked at it and said, well, if Drew isn't going to play, we still don't have Chris. We don't have Pat. I'm not throwing Giannis out there to the Wolves and just asking him, go do everything and putting even more usage on him. So if we're going to continue to get into the next month of the season and you're still not 100%, uh, you do probably want to look at, as much as he doesn't want it and fans certainly don't want to see it, you probably want to just cycle in some random off days for him just so he's not piling on that usage and it's, it's even easier for defenses to say, okay, we don't trust any of these other guys for the time being if, you know, Middleton's out or Holiday's out and it's it's just Giannis and company. So we're going to throw everything at him. Yeah, I just, if you look, if you want to really look at Giannis, so, you know, I've had a few people over the last few weeks suggest that he looks frustrated, he looks not happy. I mean, the guy's the ultimate competitor in the league. And right throughout his career, if he's not playing well or he doesn't have the night that he particularly wanted, yeah, he'll go out and shoot some free throws. He'll go to the practice facility and he'll put in the work. But he's never he's never been someone that's happy with losing. And the Bucs have lost a couple of games here in the last uh, few weeks. But what I would say is if you go back and you watch the first half when Giannis is knocking down the threes, he's knocking down those jump shots, he's scoring. He didn't look like a guy that was frustrated to me. He looked like a guy that was really feeling himself at that point. And he looked like he was going to have a 40-point night, a 50-point night, whatever it may be. Uh, then then the wheels fell off a little bit, as they did for the entire team in the second half. And he was pissed about it. But that's Giannis. I, I feel like it's a little surprising to me when I see people read into the body language stuff because yeah. this is this is a guy that hates losing as much as anyone in the league. Well, and, you know, I think the, the bigger takeaway you referenced all of um, his basically shot profile this season and, and – the percentage of his his shots are coming from the same spots. Um, it's just the rim finishes. I mean, I I think fatigue is a big part of it. With certainly with the free throws, it's not all of it because we've seen this kind of a lingering issue for Giannis. But especially Friday against Philly, look at how many of them were very very short. And I think there was one air ball there. So I I think fatigue is part of that. I think that's part of him settling for some of those jump shots in the second half. Um, but you know. This year, the, the Cavs game was one of them. I think the Thunder game, um, 
or no, he didn't play either game against it. There's one on the the homestand after the Rockets game where he just has had a handful of games where he's getting to the rim and it, it, they're just not, the shots aren't falling and he's not finishing, which it's not like Giannis is losing a step. He's 27 years old and still in his prime. So like those shots are going to start to fall, but that's really, to me, I think part of it has been bad luck. And part of it has been the way defenses have been able to attack him this year with the lack of help he's had surrounding him in the interim. Yeah, and I don't think that he's, to your point earlier about getting rest nights, they'll, they'll get him rest nights through the season. But I also don't really ever expect, just by the nature of Giannis, the way he plays, I don't think he's ever going to be 100%. We always talk yeah. about guys that get to the postseason, it's like, well, no one's 100%. Everyone's banged up. I feel like Giannis is banged up all the time, even through the offseason, because of you know, the physical nature of the way he plays, the way he works out, and he doesn't really take a break. That's Giannis there. But... We are going to get to a little bit on this Portland game, but you just reminded me of something that we also need to discuss. So there was a foul from Joel Embiid in this game on Giannis. We should talk about that a little bit because that's been a talking point, uh, certainly on YouTube and with Bucks fans as well. But first, we'll talk about uh, prize picks at prizepicks.com. You simply pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than the prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Uh, Bucks and the Blazers coming up tomorrow. I don't know. I feel like the last few days would have motivated Giannis. I think he could be in for a big one. He's had some big ones against the Blazers in the past as well. So there's no competing against other people with prize picks. It's just you versus the projections available. Uh, if you don't want to get involved with the NBA, there's also NFL, uh, NHL, golf, all types of sports that you can think of. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And uh, they have safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada as well. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Uh, don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. All right, let's talk about this foul on Joel Embiid or the foul on Joel Embiid that he uh, committed on Giannis. I think I've explained that correctly. But anyway, you understand what I'm trying to say here. So Giannis on the drive to the basket, see it a million times a game, looks to put the you know, the Euro step, would you say? But anyway, tried to go get by Joel Embiid in a, let's say, a semi-transition, transition possession. Embiid in real time looked like, it looked like to me, and people might disagree. But to me, in real time, it looked like Giannis and Embiid just crashed into each other at full speed. You're like, oh my goodness, this is a this is a heavy collision from two guys that uh, weigh quite a bit and two very large humans. Embiid goes flying. He does that a bit. And then Giannis sort of stood there and just stood up. And it was incredible that he just stood there. And then, you know, he started to feel a little bit. Wind knocked out of him, sort of sits down for a little bit and he recovers. But then we see the replay and Embiid, they didn't just crash into each other. Embiid changed course, arm extended from his body, almost like a, a full force elbow into the ribcage area, which is cl quite clearly not a basketball play. It was assessed a flagrant one. What was your take on this incident and how did you see it play out? Uh, same as you, where as I was watching it in real time, you thought it was just a transition, not a take foul, but a transition foul from Embiid and thought nothing of it. And I think a big part of that too was, because Giannis remained upright and it was Joel Embiid that hit the deck and, and went down. When you saw the replay, 
is when I was stunned that Joel Embiid didn't get a flagrant too. And I, I really think a big part of it is officials are human as well. And they knew Tyrese Maxey or probably assumed at that point Tyrese Maxey wasn't coming back in the game. There's no James Harden. What's the atmosphere if we disqualify Joel Embiid for the remainder of the game? Because, I mean, he extended his arm. It was basically a football play where Joel Embiid tried to uh, arm tackle Giannis on a fast break. And it was the way he initiated contact and what he did with his hand to kind of get into Giannis's chest. And it was a non-basketball move, which is the biggest part with the flagrant two is the intent and whether or not it's a basketball move. I don't know how you can tell me the intent wasn't there for Joel Embiid on that play. So uh, as you continue to see the replay, I was stunned it wasn't upgraded to a flagrant two. And uh, in in real time, it just seemed like it was just a, a transition foul. Yeah, Doris Burke on the ESPN broadcast was uh, stunned that it wasn't a flagrant two as well. I felt that she was about to jump on the court and tell the officials they needed to throw him out. Yeah, I mean, it's just simply not a basketball play. And it's dangerous. It is dangerous. And uh, I think a big part of this, uh, yeah, I think because it was Embiid. So let's just say if that was Montrezl Harrell that made that play, I suspect he gets thrown out. Uh, I also think that because it was Giannis, that limited the impact or how this looked. Because if it wasn't Giannis, I don't know if there's another player in the league that stood up the way Giannis did after that impact. I mean, that was unbelievable. Most other players are diving on the floor. They're rolling around, maybe maybe flopping. But you didn't need to flop in this situation because of the the, the impact. But well, Giannis standing up straight, I think, I don't think that that made the collision didn't help. look as bad as what right. it, it really was. If it was reversed and Giannis was the one that went down and Joel Embiid remained upright, then maybe we have a... Uh, I don't know. Maybe the officials rule a different way. And look, I've seen other people point this out and I don't disagree, but it's kind of the nature of the league where it depends on what's on the back of the Jersey at times. If that was Grayson Allen that committed that in transition (laughs) on Tyrese Maxey or somebody else, that is a flagrant two and Grayson Allen's ejected from the game. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent accurate right there. And I think more than anything, I mean, sure, this one game, whatever, regular season game, if NBA gets tossed, you think the Bucks find a way to win probably, uh, which, you know, would have been cool. But more than anything, just again, with that impact, I was glad there's no rib damage or, or something like that because that was a heavy, heavy uh, impact. And again, not a basketball player should have been tossed. I think that most people agree with that. I would think so. And, you know, I think too, we, I, I think you probably caught it if you were watching the ESPN version uh, at the tail end of it where Bobby Portis where Giannis and Joel Embiid were talking after the game and Giannis Hmm. was very brief with him. And then Bobby Portis came in and you couldn't hear what was being said, but it looked like Joel Embiid was basically trying to plead his case with Bobby Portis and convince him, look, I, I promise you, I didn't try to hurt him and I wasn't trying this. And Bobby just wasn't having any of it. So Bobby had Giannis's back and, I was kind of sticking up for him there, um, you know, that, and Bobby's that guy, you know, like the year they won the title, you would point to PJ Tucker, obviously, but Bobby Portis was that same guy as well, where he's the guy that has everybody's back on the team and he's one of the emotional leaders. So to see him as soon as the game is over, kind of saying, I'm going to investigate this for myself and, and have the back of my teammate here was nice to see. 
Yeah, uh, a few people are suggesting the Bucks need an enforcer. It's 2022. What What's Bobby Porter's going to do in a game where the Bucks really need him walk up and get himself ejected from the game? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think I don't look at this Bucks team. This Bucks team, when you look at the physicality they play with, I think they're they're as tough as most teams out there. I don't think that they need some guy on the bench that's going to come out and and cause a scene. I don't think that helps anyone. So I don't really buy into that. Uh, and you know, it was an unfortunate incident. We're glad that. Giannis is okay, but I'm here to tell you, with the way Giannis plays, he's going to have fouls that look sketchy, and that's 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 the way it's going to be, and we just hope that uh, he stays healthy. But, yeah, I don't think the idea of uh, quote-unquote enforcer is anything the Bucks need. They've got some tough guys on this team that uh, generally stick up for Giannis. As you said, Bobby, one of them. I think Javon Carter's another guy at the guard position that's, uh, that is a tough guy. So I think that they're okay. Maybe it'll push the case for some people to say they need Jay Crowder. Who knows? But they do play the Portland Trailblazers today, potentially, as you listen to this tomorrow as we're recording it, 7 p.m. Central Time. And Pat Connaughton is going to be back, which is going to be a lot of fun first time this season. They've been pretty cautious with this calf injury. Not sure about Chris Middleton yet. Overall, I think the fact that the Bucs have continued to win a bunch of games and stay near the top of the East has allowed them to be even more cautious than they potentially need to be. That's what seems to be the case. Uh, with the Bucks so far, but seeing Pat out there will be really fun. And no Damian Lillard either. Justin, to me, with the Bucks injury report, only having Joe Ingles, Chris Mills, and Wesley Matthews, uh, this is a game you just got to handle at home. Just take care of business, get a win. Yeah, and um, I think, let's be frank, the injury report is basically Chris Middleton because uh, Joe Ingles, we don't expect to come back until probably January, February. And Wesley Matthews, anything you get from him in the regular season is like the cherry on top of the Sunday. He is here specifically to stay healthy and be a guy that you use in your rotation for the postseason. Um, and when you look at this Blazers team, for as much as we talked about struggling by his standards for Giannis, um, this is the type of team where you would look for him to, to get right against, where there's not a whole lot of rim protection. I know they have Yusef Nurkic, but it's Jeremy Grant, you would assume, is going to get the most of the minutes on him. Other than that, Justice Winslow and Drew Eubanks are the two guys to really contend with him. So I like Giannis's chances there. And the, the return of Pat is it's nice just because, you know, it, it gives you a closer. And that's been the biggest thing of even with the depth that we've seen here. And as, as much as we all have been salivating over what Marjan Bochamp has done early in his career, we talked about, there's, there's still going to be downs that he's a rookie and it's, it's going to be an up and down campaign for him. And I think we've seen that in the last couple of games, you didn't really see him a whole lot against Philadelphia, but to have Pat Connaughton back is huge because it gives you another closer. And that's where the Bucks had kind of been scrambling, especially when they've been shorthanded with the injuries where it's kind of, all right, do we keep Jordan Wara out here for the offense? Do we actually go with the rookie Marjan Bochamp to close this? Is it Wesley Matthews? Well, you know Pat Connaughton can fill that role. And you know, as much as we talked about P.J. Tucker, uh, he was big for, for how much he let this team play differently. Pat Connaughton was just as big. When we think back to towards the end of that season, it was Pat that you would swap Brooke Lopez out for and, and go with that small ball lineup. So to have him back – you know, you, you're probably not going to lean on him heavily in the initial games here, but just to have another guy that, you know, defensively knows everything, how to, how, where to be an assignment, sure. And just gives you a guy that can close games for you. 
is everything we were talking about before of asking a lot of Giannis. Well, now he has guys that he trusts around him. And hopefully a few more coming back over the next couple of weeks here as well. Well, certainly Chris anyway. But yeah, this is a, a much more familiar looking Bucks team. And uh, as you pointed to, I think Giannis more than anyone will be very happy with that. So the Bucks looking to get back on track with a win against the Portland Trailblazers uh, at home. Nobody's going to be kicking Giannis off the court if he wants to get shots up after the game. Or he can walk across the road to the practice facility. But either way, good to be back home. Uh, we'll be back after the game. We'll have a post-game show as well. So uh, we had a few other things we were going to get into today, but just, just plenty of news, plenty of stuff uh, from the weekend. So that was a fun podcast. I'm sure the feedback will be strong either way. Do people agree with us? Do they think we're stupid? Who knows? I look forward to hearing from all uh, the listeners and the viewers, particularly on YouTube. Get on YouTube, subscribe, support us. We appreciate it. We'll be back after the game tomorrow.